What's up, Connected Fam? Welcome to another episode. Oh, I always forget to say who I am. It's Catalina, your host. And on this week's episode, we are going to have a look at a few things that God showed me as I went camping with my family and the similarities that I found um, camping with my family and the people of Israel walking through the wilderness for 40 years. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a little bit of what we're going to talk about in this week's episode. Hey everyone, so here we are and it's another week and I have more things to tell you about my life. So our Listener Appreciation Award, our supporter and my love award this week is going to go to Charlie Gray. Charlie Gray, um, Charlie Gray. Um, for those who may have heard, I have done uh, maybe two episodes with Charlie. And at some point, Charlie was going to be my co-host, but schedules just clashed. She decided to go to uni and yeah, we weren't able to make it so that we could record. And I'm really not organized enough to schedule like a weekly recording with her. So yeah, it didn't end up happening, but um, I wanted to dedicate this episode as opposed to Charlie because Moses is the her favorite person from the Bible. Uh, you say Moses and her eyes light up, her ears are just like ready for ready for whatever you have to say about Moses. And um, yeah, as I was on my road trip, I really, I felt like Moses at times. But um, yeah, so I just wanted to give a shout out to Charlie, my Charlie bear, my Ginge, my little ducky. Uh, so yeah, this one's for you, Ginge. And yeah, yeah, let me not. Let me not brag about Charlie for the next 35 minutes. Okay, this episode, I'm going to just share with you some stuff that I, yeah, as I was on holidays with my family, we went away for a week road trip and it was supposed to be as similar to what I did when I went on my road trip on my own. And I mean, clearly it was going to be very different because it was the whole family, not just me. But there were certain things that as I was on my road trip that I really contrasted to my week away by myself. And yeah, there were some positives, but there, there seemed to be more negatives. Um, and I'm going to go into detail about why there were so many more negatives. But as I spent that time with my family and again, as I contrasted it with my week by myself... I found so many similarities with what Moses must have gone through as the leader of the Israelite people after they left Egypt and going through the wilderness. And yeah, there was a lot of things that I was like, man, like Moses was definitely, even with his flaws, I mean, he definitely was a man of God. And, and I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit more as after I I share the points that I felt impressed to share with you today. Uh, So on our camping trip, it was supposed to be really similar as what I did myself. So we were just going to road trip. My husband and I were very, we like to be organized and planned when we go to things like this. So for example, when we've gone um, on holidays overseas, we really have our schedule planned. We have um, the areas we're going to visit, destinations that we want to go to. We have that all really well worked out and planned before we even leave. And that's just how we've always been. We're always 
we're always working to like like deadlines and timelines and you know we're always like you know on day three we should be here and if we go to here at four o'clock then that's you know we'll get the best whatever um so we're always planning ahead so I I said to Steve I'm like hey do you want to do it like spontaneous like I did my road trip and he was a little hesitant and reluctant which is fine because I was the same with my road trip I was like oh let me plan something out um the only plan that we made was that we were going to go as far as up as Yapoon. So from where I live, that's probably about 300 kilometers, so about three hours um, further up north from where we are, which would make Yapoon around six to seven hours from um, the capital city of Queensland, which is Brisbane, just so you get an idea of how far we're up we're traveling. Um, so that was the only thing that we decided. We want to go up as far as Yapoon and we have to be back in a week. There were certain things that we did and um, we stopped along the way and it was it was really good because it was a road trip where we're on the we're on the highway and there's a sign you know telling us, oh you know in three kilometers from here there's like a lookout or there's like a lake. And as we're driving past the sign, we're deciding whether we want to go to this thing or not. And yeah, we pretty much made a decision on the highway to go to different places, which was really cool and very unlike us. And yeah, that those things were cool. But on the first day, so we arrived at Yapoon on a Monday. So on the Tuesday, we decided we were going to do um, a hike, a walk. It was a hike and a walk. And we'd seen that it was quite a, re- a really nice view on the way to this place to this um, Mount Larkham I decided to just google and find out you know how high it was what people's recommendations were what their reviews were and you know some people said it took them five hours to do the whole hike return trip so five hours there and back and then there was some people that are like oh I did it in an hour so I decided, let me try and find the middle point. And I'm like, let's say it's going to take three hours. And my girls are very good at walking. They really enjoy it. Um, so I knew their fitness level and I knew their patience. So I said, look, the girls can easily do a three-hour walk. Um, that That's not issue. Um, I looked at the grading of it, like how steep it was. And it basically just said there was a lot of scrambling And I thought the girls are pretty good with scrambling. They'll be fine. And so I just said to the girls, I'm like, girls, it's up to you. Do you just want to go? Because I don't want to go. And then you are all complaining that you don't want – you're tired and whatever. So I I threw it back on them. I'm like, you guys decide because then if you complain, I'm going to say, well, you guys chose it. So I explained to them it looks like it's about three hours. I showed them pictures of the view at the top of um, of the peak. And yeah, they were like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. All right. So off we went. And for those who know what I did on my first road trip, on my road trip by myself, I did a lot of walks and hikes and climbs. And the whole time I just spent it talking with God, like it was just me and God. Um, And yeah, it was really sweet. So going from that to now, okay, we're going to climb, we're going to do this walk with the family. Um, 
within like we're, we're getting out of the car and we're already trying to sort out waters for four people where we took some fruit so we had to take fruit for four people had to make sure everyone had their hats uh, we usually wear uh, thin long sleeve shirts just because the sun can get really um, quite strong and I just don't like putting sunscreen on the girls so we just always usually wear like long sleeve shirts uh, for our walks so that we're anyway we're getting everyone sorted out it must have taken like 10-15 minutes to get everything sorted and to uh, for us to start the walk and I was just like wow this is so different to my hikes because I just get myself ready and that was it and we're out of the car and we're walking and the thing that I realized with that is that when you're with other people it just the preparation takes so much longer and the spiritual connection that I could make to that is that within our church environment within working with people things are going to take longer and I think that that comes down to anything that you do with a group is going to take longer but in the spiritual connection and I suppose in the spiritual realm I realized that as a church, as an organization, or even as a family, um, our spirituality is going to take a lot of steps. It's going to take a lot of thinking of everyone else, taking everyone into consideration. Uh, The independent um, individual personal journey can be a lot quicker uh, because you're only having to sort out your own sort of um, junk. But when you're working with a group, it's always going to drag out the process a lot longer because you have to be sensitive to other people's needs and we have to be yeah, considerate of what other people are needing. So, yeah, that was interesting. Now, as we're going on this walk, it turned out to be we did it in three hours and ten minutes. It was 12 kilometres and the reason... <laughs> We didn't plan it very well, obviously, because we were being so spontaneous and making decisions last minute, but we ended up starting the walk at 10 o'clock in the morning, which really was not a good time, Um, but because we didn't plan this out very well, by the time we had breakfast and by the time we decided that we were going to go do this hike and that we had to do it today because we're going to be driving past and moving on to the next location for the next day. Um... It didn't work out very well. So we're walking, we're doing this this walk hike at 10 o'clock in the morning. And in Australia, like the, the hottest periods of the day is basically 10 o'clock till 1 o'clock. And they were the hours that we were climbing this thing. Uh, and so it wasn't too bad. I mean, we're, we're used to the heat, so that's that's no issue. Um, but <clears throat> as when we're going on this hike, I obviously am comparing it to my trip alone. And it was really interesting because within like half an hour, you know, the girls are like, how much longer? And I'm just thinking, we still got a while. And then the girls are like, oh, we're hot and... I'm thirsty and so we'd have to stop and then I will be totally honest with you there were sections of hiking that were very steep and it was for long periods and I was getting tired and I am trying to keep up so it was you know we always like to have the girls in the middle so it was Stevie at the start um 
and then we had Chloe, and then we had Naomi, which is our youngest, and then we had me at the end. And I'm struggling to keep up with Stevie and Chloe. And Naomi, she's little, like she's very small for her age. She's still keeping up pretty well, but I'm struggling. And yeah, so anyway, so we're climbing up. They're getting a little tired. I'm getting even more tired than what they're getting tired. So I was, yeah, I was really struggling. Um, And yeah, they were getting tired and they couldn't keep up the pace. And so Stevie would have to stop and wait for us. And then we'd keep climbing. And then me and Naomi kept falling back because Naomi was starting to get tired. And yeah, just another thing that I realized, I'm like, within our spiritual journey, like some people are going to be able to just go at a much quicker pace while we all fall behind. But the one thing that it did teach me and on the way down, actually probably like two thirds of the way up, I decided, you know what, I can't keep up. I'm getting too tired and we keep having to stop so that Naomi and I could recover and it's just making this thing longer. So I said to Stevie, I'm like, look, Stevie, either you slow down so we don't have to stop or just go ahead and I'll stay with Naomi because Naomi can't keep up anymore either. Um, And so I realized that there was an aspect of the hike that I really found related really well to people on the Christian journey. Um, Some people are just like running up this thing and other people's falling behind. And what I found was that in order to keep up with Stevie, I actually was getting really tired and getting tired to the point where I was like, okay, I need to stop and we need to stop for like five minutes so that I can (laughs) recover enough to keep going for the next bit. And yeah, if I could compare it, I felt as though some people are trying to keep up with where we are all at on our journey and we keep, you know, just going really quickly and not understanding that it's actually causing people to become exhausted as Christians because they're trying to keep up with us. And we might not be doing it really consciously. Like we might be just doing our thing, but forgetting that there are people that are watching us, people that are looking to to us like for mentorship and um, for support. And as a result they are actually becoming drained and exhausted because they don't understand that they have to go at their own pace. And I found that really interesting because I just thought I was like, maybe this is why people become burnt out. Uh, They're trying to keep up with their group, with their leadership, with their church, but they aren't ready for that yet. Uh, For whatever reasons, um, they're not able to keep up with the the spiritual fitness of what some other people are doing. And yeah, so I made a decision that I was like, you know, Stevie, you just go ahead. Like, don't worry. Like, I don't think I would want to have to be going slower for someone just because they can't keep up either. So I'm like, you go with Chloe because uh, you guys are keeping up and I'll stay with Naomi. So we did that. Um, so, so what was our group ended up being split into two groups. And I just thought of like, Moses and Israel, like, how did they do it? Um, How were they able to all stay together? I'm sure there were people that were getting exhausted after 40 years of walking in the wilderness. Um, 
And, you know, obviously there was elderly people, there were younger people, so there was always going to be different fitness levels, let alone different, like, spiritual levels. So that was one thing. And then the other thing that I noticed was that while I was with my children and with their complaining, um, which, you know, wasn't terrible, like they weren't whinging or complaining the whole way, they actually were really good. But when they were having their moments of, oh, I'm so hot, it's so th- I'm so thirsty and it's so long and it's so hard, I was already like struggling. So when I had them struggling and expressing the things that they were, you know, going through and the the negative um, thoughts that they were having regarding the walk, it just multiplied what I was already feeling. So, yeah, again, I just thought to myself, I'm like, wow, that's incredible, the influence that people can have on you when you're already having negative thoughts and then they're just adding theirs and it it almost felt not that they were adding anything to it that I wasn't already feeling like I was already hot I was already thirsty I was already tired so we were all feeling the same thing but it just made like you just had to self-talk yourself so much more to be like but it's going to be worth it at the top um but we're almost halfway and you know oh we've got a shade we you know we've got a section that is quite shady let's let's enjoy it let's embrace it and yeah again I believe that as we continue just professing to be Christians and as we continue to make decisions that are leading us in a path that is what God is guiding us to which may be contrary to what our family wanted for us. It may be contrary even to what our spouses wanted for us or um, our siblings uh, or maybe our close friends. Uh, Maybe we're going to be losing a lot of people along the way because of the choice that we have made to be Christians. Um, I believe that sometimes their negative talk can basically just... uh, It just makes our negative talk even worse. It magnifies the intensity of the doubts that we may be having already. And I realize that we have to be really strong to fight against that and to understand that, you know, God, like I don't feel like this is what I want to do. My heart isn't completely at peace but I do know for sure that you are leading me in this direction. And, you know, I think if we think about it on a practical level, I think sometimes there are sacrifices that we have to make for our faith and that may involve our work, um, specifically, you know, for um, Adventists with uh, the Sabbath. Um, But there are so many things in in our Christian journey. Um, I know of people that have had to, like, cut off certain friendships because it just it wasn't guiding them in a way that they knew that Christ was trying to guide them, whether it's through their influence, um, maybe it's through their behavior, um, and maybe it's just purely from the fact that we actually can't associate um, in the same environment because we're making different choices in our life. And, yeah, we have to be really just, yeah, dedicated and committed to following God's will regardless of how pleasant it's going to be and regardless of what people's comments are going to be like. Um, you know, I, I know that I have, have uh, worked with people and, yeah, ministered to different people who were like, um, oh, you know, my friends, you know, say I've changed so much because I don't do certain things. And 
that's already like that's that's I felt like that's like with my girls on the hike like they it's just, they're already adding to decisions that are, um, may be really hard for us to make. I mean, it may be really hard to stop going out to certain places and. It may be really hard to start wanting to love people that have really hurt you. And yeah, as a, in an outward way and as an internal way, I feel that there are already things that we're struggling to make a decision for, but then we have people around us that yeah, magnify the intensity of those negative thoughts and those negative emotions. So that was another thing that I realized on the hike. Um, Another thing that was really interesting on the hike, so obviously when I was by myself, like I made the decisions of, oh, this is where I have to go. And, you know, I'd I'd basically try and follow the paths that were already marked. Most of them were pretty easy. So you knew which way to go. Um, There was one, which was the last uh, hike that I did. And that one was a little bit more like, oh, let me try and work out the path. So you had to make a choice as to, yeah, this is how I'm supposed to climb up. Like there was a lot of scrambling and yeah, you there wasn't a marked path because you're scrambling up rocks. So you just have to guess which way you're supposed to go up these rocks. But one of the interesting dynamics was is that because I had Stevie this time on the walk, uh, there were some situations where we couldn't work out where the path was and there were some situations where I'm like, oh, it's this way. And Stevie's like, but it looks like it's this way. And again, adding on to the point with the girls, there were there were points where we were, we, like, we were doubting each other's decision on which way to go in what what like what path to take as we were doing this hike and again I felt that because we agreed for Stevie to go up the front um, of the hike so he was the first one and I was to be at the end we basically had agreed that um, Stevie was going to be leading the way and I was going to be at the back just making sure that the girls didn't fall back and as we did that it was really interesting because there were moments where I'm like, Stevie, that's not the way to go. And, you know, we'd we'd work it out and we'd look at it and we'd try and see, is that the way to go or not? And then he'd be like, but I don't think the way that you say is the way to go either. So there was this, I don't know if it was like this fight for leadership, but it was just, we just had different opinions. And because of the differing opinions, it, it created doubt within our leadership and again, like I just compared that to being by myself and how I, I, that, that I had no one to doubt the direction that I was choosing to take um, apart from myself. Like, trust me, I wasn't that confident in some areas when I was by myself. I also was like, oh, am I supposed to go this way or not? But just having an additional person there to almost complicate things and confuse things even more um, was really interesting and yeah again comparing it within our leadership and within the direction that we're we're heading for our life sometimes you can have leaders and mentors who yeah sometimes may not understand why you're making the decisions that you're making and they may also make the whole thing a lot more confusing and complicated and we just have to be really dependent on God to guide us and to show us that this is the way. Um, at the same time, I'm very, I, I believe there's a lot of value in mentorship and in 
getting counsel from other people, whether they are more experienced or whether they are just older in the faith, um, whatever thing it is, I do believe that there is, it's very, I think it's crucial actually um, for us as Christians, but we have to be very sensitive as well to uh, the idea that when their opinions clash with ours, how do we know which one is from God? Um, and yeah, so that was that was that one. And then my last point, which is probably the the point that I want to talk about the most, um, was that so we decided that in our tent we were going to sleep in. Um, a four-person tent, so it was tight, you can imagine. It's only one room and four people fit in it. So the way that the four people fit in it is you have three people lying next to each other and then you have one lying across the other way at our feet. So one person is lying across our three feet, sets of feet, and then there are three people that are lying side by side. And we decided, I was like, yep, we're going to do it this way. Coming from the fact that I slept in the car um, the, my whole week break, I said to Stevie, I'm like, let's just do yoga mats. Like it can't be that bad. Yoga mats and sleeping bags. And we had one self-inflating mattress and I said, look, you can have that one. So he had that one and then the girls and I had yoga mats. Okay, it was so uncomfortable. Like, you have no idea how uncomfortable that was. At least for me. The girls, I mean, I think they just didn't care about anything. They were just having such a good time. Um, and they thought it was so exciting that we were all sleeping in a tent. Uh, so they, I don't think they physically were bothered by the fact that they were sleeping on yoga mats. But I remember on the first night, <laughs> I am lying and I'm like, is this yoga mat even on the ground? I think my yoga mat, and it is a thick yoga mat, it's the really thick ones that are like, you know, like a finger thick. Uh, so they're not the thin yoga mats, it's a thick one. So I was like, yeah, that'll be fine. Anyway, it was not fine. The first night, it felt like my yoga mat went paper thin. Like I almost felt like it turned into like Aladdin's carp, like genie's carpet or something and the whole thing just disappeared like it just wasn't there it flew off with Aladdin or something but um it was I just wasn't I was like could not believe how uncomfortable the first night was it was so uncomfortable to the point that you know when something's tight and you feel like there's pressure on your arms and your circulation isn't really like the best so you can feel you're carrying a bag and the the weight of the bag is like cutting off the circulation in your arm. Like there's an uncomfortableness that comes from like muscles and circulation. Okay, sleeping on the yoga mat brought an un- like discomfort to my like bones. My, <laughs> I remember I woke up the first morning and my bones were aching. It felt like my bones were getting squashed as I tried to sleep on my side sleep on my back like every every way I slept was so uncomfortable but it was so uncomfortable the first night slept really bad the first night slept really bad the second night and then by the third night okay I can honestly tell you I'd go I just got so used to being uncomfortable that it was by the third night I slept all the way through And 
at the time, I didn't think much of it, apart from the fact I'm like, oh, well, praise the Lord, it only took three nights before my body and my mind just decided to give up on the fact that this is so uncomfortable. And yeah, from the third night on, I just got used to how uncomfortable it was. It didn't get comfortable. It just, I got used to it being uncomfortable. And so anyway, so I did, uh, so that was that. And then, you know, fourth night and fifth night and sixth night, it was still uncomfortable. And, but I slept a lot better. The sleep just kept getting better. And the aches and pains in the morning, I just started getting used to it. And I didn't think much of it until I got home and we had our first sleep at home. And we lied on, we lied in our bed and it felt like I was on a cloud. Like I felt like I just laid down on a cloud. Um, I have Egyptian cotton sheets. They're like a thousand thread count. So they're like hotel, like really thick and heavy. I just got into my sheets and I was like, these sheets are like, I, they're just fabulous and they, they feel like they're just made out of gold. Um, I just felt so luxurious sleeping in my own bed and I can tell you I have never thought of my bed as anything luxur- luxurious or special or anything, you know, above a normal bed. <laughs> it literally is a bed. Um, it's like a $100 mattress that I paid um, like oh, be close to like 16, 17 years ago. So trust me. There's nothing special apart from probably the sheets. Uh, that's probably the most expensive thing. But just lying in my bed in comparison to having made myself get used to sleeping on yoga mats and a sleeping bag, it it really was like, I was like, wow, this is so special. And I remember thanking God that night. I'm like, God, thank you for a bed and just thank you for a house. And as I, as I reflected on how good my bed was that night and even in the next day when I got up to prayer, I was like, wow, I can't believe what a difference my bed made and what a difference it was just sleeping well. And as I really thought about it and as I, you know, was like trying to think of stuff that I was going to share with you guys from my trip, there was a lot of other stuff, but trust me. We don't want to do a three-part series, but these were the main things that I wanted to share with you. Um, I really came to accept and understand the fact that in life, guys, we can become so used to being uncomfortable. And by uncomfortable, I mean sin. Uh, I mean brokenness. I mean damage. I mean... Um, failed relationships, broken families. I believe that as I thought about just the comparison between sleeping on a yoga mat in a tent with the four of us and sleeping on my own bed, um, I was really saddened at the reality that many of us have come to accept everything that we go through in this life as that's just the way it's got to be, that's the way it is, that's just the reality of life, as opposed to, you know what, there's just so much more that God has to offer me, there is just so much, something so much higher, so much greater, and 
so much sweeter than what I'm going through right now. And I mean that on like a practical level in terms of us living in this world, but also in the hope that we have of living for eternity in a world without sin, where there will be no more tear, there will be no more death, there will be no more sickness, there will be no more sin, and there will be no more separation with God. And yeah, it just, it was really, really just, uh, it was just such a powerful um, comparison that God gave me. And when he said to me, like, you got to the point where you were comfortable being uncomfortable, he's like, in life, I don't ever want you to be comfortable with the fact that we live in a sinful world and that our own sin, that my personal sin, he's like, I never want you to be comfortable in your own sin. I want you to have hope and to look forward to the fact that I have something so much greater to offer. And I really want to just, I suppose, invite all the listeners to really see where you guys are all at in your own personal walk, um, to really assess if you guys have become comfortable with being uncomfortable, if the sinful reality of this world has just become something that you're accustomed to, something that you have accepted. And I, I want to challenge and encourage you all that if that is where you are at, where you've just come to accept this is what life is like, that you allow God to put on your heart something that will make you uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not telling you all to, to try and make your life difficult because, um, trust me, that's, that's not my point. But I, I challenge you and I want to encourage you to really seek God and to let God show you yeah, that he has so much more to offer and that whatever it is that life looks like for you all, that he makes you realize how uncomfortable you are, that he makes you see and open your eyes to the fact that you're lying on a yoga mat in a form and tent um, compared to what you could have in, in comparison to what God has to offer. And I believe that as I, you know, really thought about that and as God put that on my heart, I can guarantee you that my life up until last year was very comfortable and I have gone through a lot of discomfort uh, in this last 12 months and as as painful and as hard as it has been and almost as dangerous it has, as it has been for my spirituality, um, it has... It has given me a deeper desire to leave this world and to leave this world in the sense I don't want to deal with all the pain that comes with this world. I don't want to have to deal with um, all the brokenness and the sinfulness that comes with this world. I don't want to have to cry another tear. I don't want to have to deal with all the attacks that I have in my mind that come through my insecurities and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it really has given me a longing for this world to finish and for us to go home and to be in a world made new where there will be no more sin. Um, but not only that, and I encourage you not to only have hope for something in the future, 
But also I feel that with everything that has happened in this last year, it has given me a discomfort for just everyday life and not in a negative way. Um, so I definitely don't want it to be in a negative way where you just don't want to live and, you know, that kind of way. So we have to be really sensitive to that. But on a practical level, like it has made me want to change my life. It has made me want to surrender more to God and, yeah, to really give him all my heart's desires because I realize that in being comfortable, you don't grow Um Yeah, growth doesn't come when life is fabulous. Uh, Life, we grow when there are things going on in our life that we have to learn to deal with, that we have to learn to cope with, that we have to learn to surpass. And I believe that sometimes until we go through those things, our character cannot grow and it cannot mature to the next level. And as long as we are willing to allow God to help us through that, that growing will always be for our benefit. Um, and, you know, I have seen people who don't believe in God, who have gone through really traumatic experiences, they've gone through a lot of hardship, but they didn't give up. And they continued to believe that they were on this world for a greater purpose than themselves. And they achieved some really great things. So I also encourage you to to look at that and to self-assess your life in the context of where you are today with your relationship with God, but also in your relationship with other people and with yourself, uh, with the stuff that you deal with in your own head. And lastly, what I really wanted to encourage you all uh, and challenge you to allow God to bring some discomfort is in the context of ministry and in the context of your outreach and yeah of just witnessing to people about your faith if you have become so uncomfortable um sorry if you've become so comfortable with not saying anything with not sharing your faith with not maybe being active about the fact that you are a christian then I would really encourage you to allow God to take you out of that comfort zone so that it can produce growth and so that it can give you a longing for the greater thing that is to come, which which is eternity with God. Um, I really want to encourage you to seek uh, for God to help you in, yeah, having... having um, Yeah, maybe just being braver in the way that you share your faith with people around you. Um, And yeah, just however it is that God can take you out of that comfort zone and make you realize that, yeah, he can actually provide a really, really good option for you. Um, He can give you something that will be that will grow you spiritually, that will develop your skills on a spiritual level, not just in, you know, academics or, you know, in your workplace, but that he can grow you in a way that um, will be for the benefit of your spirituality. I would really encourage you to do that. I know that um, there's one listener who has started a YouTube channel um, and, yeah, they're posting videos for their, their Sabbath school and you know that was something that um her and her boyfriend did not feel that 
you know, they knew much about or that they could do, but they stepped out and they got uncomfortable. Uh, they realised that there was something greater and I really encourage everyone to do that. Uh, that if you have just become so used to the routine of what your spirituality is and what it looks like, I really encourage you all to ask God to make you a little uncomfortable. Maybe that there'll be like, you know, a ministry opportunity. Maybe there'll be a spiritual conversation that you'll be able to have today that you normally wouldn't have had or that maybe you would have avoided or maybe that you just would have been like, let me not talk about that right now. Um, so that is really important in terms of, um, yeah, our spirituality. And that was something that I, I realized during that road trip is that it's so easy to become yeah, comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, with not fulfilling or going through with the things that um, God would love to do with us and the way that he would like to grow us and to develop us and to strengthen us. And, yeah, after... <laughs> After a week of sleeping on yoga mats, I realized camping is not my final home. Um, it really gave me just a, a different perspective on, yeah, what home is really like and how sweet home is. And as I went to sleep on my bed and as I enjoyed really like the privilege of having a home and having a kitchen after cooking, you know, in random places wherever I could, um, having shower in my own shower and going to my own toilet, um, I realized, you know what? Yeah, I'm so thankful that God has a home for us. And as it says in John, you know, he's preparing a home for us and he wants to take us all there. But at the same time, <clears throat> let us not just keep focused on the future of eternity, uh, but let us also bring part of that blessing into our lives every day. Uh, let us remember each day, uh, that we are just camping here and that if we can make the most of this experience, not only will we grow and be blessed by it, but we'll actually be able to take other people along with us. And I realized I had such a respect for Moses at the end of my week because I was able to have a look and see just how much he was willing to guide his people, even in their complaining, even in their murmuring and their whinging and just being dissatisfied and just always having issues that they weren't happy about. Um, I realized that Moses just really had a, a really deep love for his people, regardless of, yeah, maybe how how the road trip looked with a whole bunch of people that were just not happy and that just wanted to not even go to the, the promised land. Like all they wanted was to go back to the place that <clears throat> reflected slavery. Um, but Moses was willing to go to go the whole trip with them and, and he was willing to sacrifice even his own salvation for them. And, yeah, I think as, as we journey in this life, may we also have that desire that, you know what, we're striving to make it to the promised land, but we want as many people to know um, about it as well and to, to join us as we journey there together. So, yeah, that's, that was my road trip, guys. It was very different, <laughs> very different. So if I haven't convinced you to not have kids and to stay single by the end of this podcast, guys – 
<laughs> Let me tell you, no. Um, it, it all comes with different blessings. Like each each journey, whether the single journey or the married journey or the parenting journey, uh, it all comes with its blessings, but it also comes with its own refining. And yeah, I, I, I'm at the point where I believe that if you want your furnace turned up seven times hotter, get married and have kids. And then you'll see how, how much hotter it is. But all right, guys, that's it for now. Until next time, my prayer, my hope, and my desire is that you stay warm in God's love, that you stay cool for Jesus' name, that you stay on fire with the Holy Spirit. All right, guys, remember, this is not our final home. All right, see you.